What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of, of the audio podcast. It's actually episode number 275. Getting pretty close to 300. I don't know why 300 will be a marker, but um, I was looking at my stats, and it looks like I'm at 191,800-ish downloads of all time. So it seems like the 300th episode and hitting 200,000 downloads is going to kind of fall at the same time. So I don't know. That's Between them, it's a half a million, even though that you can't add those two together. But I am, uh, this week we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to have a guest. Um, I want to intro uh, Cheyenne. Uh, she works, she lives and works in Canada. She's in the Canadian market. I Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you do DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, Instacart. And I don't know if this has changed, Corner Shop, because here we don't have it anymore. But Yeah, we don't have it anymore. Okay. RIP Corner Shop. <laughs> and then I saw, I saw a freelancer. Is that an app or are you just a freelancer? So I'm a freelancer. First of all, hi, everybody. I'm Cheyenne. Thank you very much, Steve, for having me here. Um, but yeah, I've been a freelancer for quite a few years. Uh, but there is an actual website called Freelancer. And I've done a couple of jobs on there. And it's it's really cool, actually. It's very tedious <laughs> to select a job. But once you have one, it's amazing. You It's kind of like Upwork where you work directly okay. with someone that hires you. So you bid on a job and yeah. So do you just go on there and you put in what you're looking for? Exactly. Like so designer pretty much. So you create your profile and oh, okay. you say what type of uh, work or what type of project, they call it projects, uh, what type of project that you want to do. And then you can get projects suggested to you because obviously they have sales reps and I'm assuming their sales reps are commission-based because I get a lot of emails from them uh, suggesting different projects for me to bid on. But you can also go through all of the projects that are there and bid yourself. So then you create like a little blurb on who you are, what you can do for the client. Obviously, with these type of things, you want to showcase what you can do, but you want to show it in a way how can you help your client, right? So that you can get the bid. You're speaking their language. How can you make things easier for them? And then if they accept you, uh, they'll send you a proposal and then you can talk money and everything. And then you complete the project. After that, you're working with the client specifically uh, through the app so that you can you know, track all of your communications. So if you 
I'll, I'll stick with graphic designer here for a minute. So if you were, if you were to say, I'm a graphic designer and you set up your profile, but then you decided in the summer, you know what? I want to offer to cut lawns or do some landscaping. Um, can you then go in there without changing the profile and search jobs like that? Yes, of course. I actually, <laughs> I need to go back in there and look and see what I have as my profile because I created this account ooh, mm -hmm. maybe over 10 years ago. So I was in a very different place than I am right now. And no, I updated it actually. I updated it when I started doing the gig apps, like Uber okay. Eats and and that kind of stuff. That's why I was able to get this last uh, project that I got, which was, it was a big project, but it paid very, very well. So I was very happy about that one. Um, but yes, you can go in there and you can search whichever job that you want. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's on your profile because when you do your bid, that's when you're going to put the expertise that you have for that specific project. Right. Okay. And yeah. so obviously this website has nothing to do with verifying you and your skills. That's between you no. and the potential client. Exactly. That's exactly right. it. It has nothing to do with verifying. So it's not like a LinkedIn where, you know, you're putting in your info and people are going to endorse you and all that kind of stuff. No. Right. However, so you can get reviews from your previous clients. You can do that. Right. Right. Or you could send them to portfolios or I'm sure. Exactly. I just, I brought up landscaping because I was like, that's one where probably most people wouldn't have anything more than their word. Maybe some Not pictures, but you could go take pictures of anybody's landscaping and say you did it. Exactly. So, I mean, like in reality, that's why I brought that up because I didn't know about the, I'm still, I think, you know, I, I need to, we need to get you back on the, on the round table one week and uh, talk about the differences between independent contractorship in the two countries because we're going through some mass changes here. It definitely can't be this week or the next because we actually have a new member joining us. Ooh, so, yeah, I'll be tuning be... into that for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's Thursday and yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, so it's basically, you know, it's going to be six of us now because, uh, you know, sometimes Hannibal can't make it. Sometimes Gary, Gary's been moving. So between the one of a, between the two of them, we're, we usually have one, but we like to have five for the round table, but six is doable too. So they still have open invite and we'll just see if they show up. And I told Hannibal already, Hannibal, if you're listening, um, I told him that we're not waiting anymore because a lot of people <laughs> be in the chat at like 704 mountain time when we start uh, 904 Eastern and they'd be like, they'd be like, come on, dude, just wait again. And so and we were always waiting on Hannibal, but I, I'm like, dude, I'm just going to start it. And then you just show up and come on in. <laughs> come in fashionably late. <laughs> never that late. It's like he's he reminds me of that of that kid that was just can't make class ever on time. But yeah. he's not showing up halfway through either. Yeah, he's like a minute or two late. That was kind of me, actually, <laughs> when I was in school. <laughs> I would always come in like one or two minutes when the teacher already started saying like one or two things and then you're completely interrupting the whole class. Yeah, that was yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not telling him something he doesn't know. If Hannibal's watching, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he wears it proudly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
again, he's never that late. So, and he gets his stuff done. So I got no problem with it. Exactly. And, and when you get to know somebody like that, and then maybe when other people are involved and they're like, is Hannibal going to show? I'm like, oh man, hey. like clockwork. It's what we say. It's a, he'll be here in four minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But so... I actually, so something about that quickly, um, for any events that I have, especially with the children, there are certain parents that I tell a different time to just for that specific reason. So the parents that, you know, that, you know, they're going to be a little bit late. You give them a time that's about half an hour to an hour earlier, because they're yeah. usually about a half an hour to an hour late. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had the, that. you know, it's, I got to tell you, I, I guess I'll take a quick most of the audio podcast listeners know this about me, but um, so I went through a lot of years. We, my ex-wife and I were married for seven years and then we had Max and we divorced when he was one. And it was a really weird age because I was running a bar. I was running two bars um, and had been doing that for years and years and years. Um, had tons of experience in that and went through a whole life change because Divorces get nasty and I got, you know, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool now. Um, it, it, it goes away people if you're going through a divorce. Um, but there was a lot because of the age, there was a lot of question and it was being brought up. And even my attorney had told me that being in the bar industry and wanting parenting time was like the worst combination. She's like, you might as well just do drugs on Colfax. And Are I was like, serious? seriously, I'm, I'm like, I've built a, I'm not just, a bartender that works three nights a week and parties for I'm like, I'm like, I have two places that I have ownership in. I'm the general manager of one I've had 20 years in the industry. They're like, it doesn't matter. They look, they'll, they'll ask you how often do you get off after midnight? Um, and they know the industry. They know if you, and I'm like, but I'm a general manager. Blah. They were like, they know the industry that well. They know they'll use that against you. If you're a general manager, then you'll be called in. If a manager doesn't show it's you. How are you going to deal with your kid then? And she said, the questions just because a lot of weekend time will be talked about. She's like, you got to get out of that industry. So after 22 years, I had to leave. Wow. Went and got my Oracle DBA certification, did that for a while. And then um, went back to uh, doing lasers because I was doing production along with that too. Um, And then uh, lighting staging for a lot of huge acts and stuff and programming from home. And I've just kind of piecemealed the whole thing together as all these different things I do. And since 2015, I've been doing gig apps too. So that's so diverse. Yeah. I didn't know about the programming part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I also go on the road. Like I've, you know, I've, I've been on world tours, you know, I've toured with Elton John, Shania Twain, um, you know, some big, some big shows, not, I'm not talking about my musical, what I like, but mm-hmm. in production, I like everything if the production's big. That's good. Because um, I just like being a part of them. So, um, but yeah, so uh, getting back to this a little bit. So can you give us a little background with you? Where Where are you from? What market do you do gig work in full part time? Because I know. I know that you are a mother of two children. Yes. Of two children. And I know you homeschool as well. Yes. So do our good, so do my good friends, Tony and Lisa. You might know them, the Driven Dad. Yes, Driven Dad and Driven Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So they live like right by me. 
And That's so awesome. I'm like the adoptive driven is what they call me. <laughs> And so are you like one of their other children too or well, I'm trying to be <laughs> I mean, uh, no but they're, they're just great people but um but they do the same thing Lisa homeschools five, five soon to be six like in about two weeks wow. that's <laughs> off to her so, I don't know how she does it I mean well I mean two is a lot too and and one is a lot with homeschooling what I guess what Definitely. I was trying to get to with my divorce is the other thing I didn't mention was I, I, my, my son is with me from the beat when he was one, it was like a 50, 50 parenting time. But since pre pandemic, he's lived with me 24 seven. He doesn't, him and his mom don't really do well together. Um, they're just, and, I, and we tried everything. They just really don't like each other. That happens. <laughs> whatever we, yeah, it does. It does. Um, and we're past all the anger. And like I said, the ex and I are, you know, we're fine. Um, but it's all about him. So I'm a full-time parent. I can't imagine with all I do doing homeschooling. I mean, I remember the pandemic and I was locked in the house with him. And I remember, I mean, no, I guess this is where I would say probably I would have done a better job homeschooling him than all the nightmares they were facing with the tech yeah. stuff. Like, okay, yeah. well here we just log in and then it crashes then they open for a day then they close for three days then they it was insane I mean, it was like dude this is this is why just cancel it yeah just cancel it like because it was, it was you crazy. have no system in place that works it was completely chaos. like i like i was saying i would have done better just give me like call it free learning and let let the parents tell you what they taught them like i would yeah. have taught them some real world stuff or exactly instead he, instead he was just kind of always waiting for something to be fixed. Mm -hmm. So when they did get to learning, it was like, dude, I've been on for three hours waiting for you to get live. Yeah. I was kind of even asleep in my chair. I'm like disconnected now. Yeah. So I mean, like even when they, yeah, that's exactly my point. Even once they did get it up and running or they did kind of get their legs under them, it was like, you've lost their interest. They're gone. For sure. They're children. And it's normal. Adults would have been disconnected a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking back, had I known that's how it was going to be, I mean, I had more time than I probably would have tried to say, okay, well, let me make sure you just learn this stuff. But it was also weird because it was his first year. As, it would have been his freshman year at high school. Mm. His freshman year of high school was done at home, locked in a house where we live in a, you know, I don't slam on it, but it's a, you know, it's a 900 square foot house, not big. Um, it's not too small. It's perfect for just the two of us, but um, 900 square feet for a year. Tight corners. <laughs> when you don't Definitely. get the other people. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely tight corners. Oh yeah, we went right. through that. <laughs> yeah, and, he was, and he was right at the, luckily my son is awesome, but he was right at the beginning years of, of, uh, because I think teenagers get it earlier than we did probably growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm older than you, but you know, you and I, you and I both grew up a little more like where the teenage years kind of fell in place. Now you're like a teenager at like 11. Yeah. It's insane. My, I have an 11 year old and I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when the, when the pandemic started, it was crazy because he was, he was kind of, that was happening too. Yeah. And we're locked in a house together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's a lot, it's a but, lot. <laughs> but so, I mean, it brings me to the question I, first. I mean, are you full or part-time? 
Which one? So I work part-time. Um, okay. And uh, so to answer the question, I'm in Montreal. Well, technically I'm in Vaudreuil, which is like the suburbs of Montreal. So I just say Montreal because it's a lot yeah. more common. Um, that's in Quebec, obviously, as you said, in Canada. And uh, I've been doing <laughs> like this type of gig work for maybe what a year and a half about and uh, I do it part-time now the reason why I do it part-time obviously I'm a mom I'm a mom of two I have a five-year-old and I have an 11-year-old so a daughter and a boy and uh, we just started homeschooling during the pandemic long story short we lived so it wasn't it wasn't a life choice where you're like this is (sighs) Okay. It wasn't really a life choice. It was something that my boyfriend spoke about a lot. And I'm okay. like, have you met me? I don't have patience for this. <laughs> like, there is no way. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it was a process. So originally, this whole like me really doing like, uh, you can say like gig type stuff, independent contractor type work uh, started when my son was really, really young. But I was still working full time in an office. And that's when I started to discover, like, wait a second, I really like this whole, like, you know, working for myself type of thing, not having to request permission to do anything. And uh, when and we were living in Toronto at that point in Ontario. So when we moved back to Montreal, I went back to work full time and I didn't really do any gig type of work. Independent contractor work was not happening. I had no time, new job and everything. So that was my focus. But I also have, and I don't speak about this a lot, but I'm also an online fitness coach. And I had that business since 2015. And that was my pride and joy at that point. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help other moms out there because ultimately that means I'm helping the children. And that's really where my, my heart lies, like helping the next generation be as healthy as possible. And I was really focused on that. So I started to, which isn't really good. They always say, you know, if you're at a workplace, be there. Be present, give 100% there. And then when you go home, that's when you do your work stuff. But that's not what I did. I was at work, but I wasn't really there, like mentally. I was kind of checked out. And finally, I was let go. There was a lot of different reasons. New management, they started going down the list of seniority. And I had been there for about 12 years. And I was next. So whatever, long story short, I was let go. And I started freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? You know, I'm 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 I have a, a child that's going into school, you know, we have bills to pay, we're living in this tiny condo. What are we gonna do? And that's when I was like, what am I what am I worried about? Like I have this business that I've been building. I can focus on this more. And that's what I started doing. So when my son started school, I was not an employee for anybody. I was working for myself. It wasn't bringing in a lot, but luckily my boyfriend has a very good salary. So we were able to manage on that. Then I got pregnant with my daughter and then everything changed. I was like, she's not going to daycare. She's staying home. We're doing mommy groups. We're doing like all the things, right? All the things that I didn't get to do with my first. And that's where I was like, you know what? This is, 
a little bit more interested in this whole being home with the children type of thing. And then COVID, well, you know, pandemic happened. And that's when everything shut down. <laughs> and we were like, okay, uh, what do we do now? We were actually moving to Calgary because my boyfriend got a promotion to go to the western part of Canada. So or, Montreal or is either the you from, Or either you from? No, there? not at all. You're, you're both was, Canadian, though? We're both Canadian from Montreal. Okay. <laughs> so moving cross-country was completely like, what? What are we doing with two young yeah. children? But it was a really good opportunity. And we said, okay, let's do it. He was supposed to leave the week after lockdown. So luckily lockdown happened when it did, because if not, I would have been completely across the country with two children and zero support stuck in a house, right? So once we discovered that school was not opening again, we decided to move and we did the half of the year of the online schooling and, you know, okay, guys, you know, mute your, mute your, your mic. Okay. Turn off your screen, turn back on your screen. It was insane. And I'm, at the I'm same, guessing it was pretty much the same as ours. Yeah, it was it was chaos. I mean, just a complete joke. Yeah, and he was in grade two at that point. Imagine like a whole bunch of grade two students on a screen trying to keep their attention for an hour. Like it just did not work. It was insane. But luckily, I was always that mom that you know had those extra workbooks at home for you to do like a page or two here and there. So you know, we started doing those a little bit more because I realized they weren't doing anything in, on these Zoom calls. And at the same time, my grandmother was going through a health like issue. So I was coming back and forth, Montreal, Calgary, Montreal, Calgary. And that's when my boyfriend brought it up again that we should homeschool. And I was like, I, I don't know. Now I'm actually open to it. And then finally we pulled the plug and we said, okay, we'll do it. And ever since then, we've been homeschooling every single year. We ask our son, do you want to go back to school? And he said, no, he doesn't want to. So now he's in grade six, he's 11. My daughter who's five is doing kindergarten and grade one work. Technically she would be starting kindergarten right now. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's working, it's helping. We love the flexibility of it. And that's where this whole independent contractor lifestyle also blends in well because my boyfriend's work is completely unpredictable. He's a superintendent at CP Rail, so it's Canadian Pacific Railway. Okay. Any 24-7, he, he can be called, be called on. Okay. So I cannot have a regular 9 to 5 or anything like that because we have children, right? Right, yeah. And this is why I do part-time because sometimes I would schedule out I literally schedule on DoorDash every single evening and then the two days on the weekend. And if he can't come home, I just cancel the schedule. And that's what I love with the flexibility of doing these gig apps. So <clears throat> how often is it that he's called like on a last minute type basis to do something? So the last minute is, is it, am I right in assuming it's a, it's a, is it called a salary position in, in yeah. Canada? Okay. Yeah. It's a salaried position. Um, so the last, like really last minute, it's, it's kind of subjective because for us now, last minute is like right now, whereas yeah. for some people, last minute could be same day, but we're just so used to 
you know, right now that we're like, oh, right now is last minute. Same day. Oh, no, you have you have time to plan when it's Wait, the same, same day. But same day where he'll be leaving town. So sometimes he has to leave town. Sometimes he just has to go into yeah. like okay. the shop. That's is it, I, I mean, I think of a different away. like I see what you're saying about getting used to that same day. But I think of same day leave town is different. Very different. Because, because then they're that, completely because gone. that one I would ask like okay that's kind of what I'm trying to get at when was the last time that happened because that's why that's exactly why you can't have a W two if that's what you guys call it yeah so that happened a few months ago there was a derailment in Maine and he he's in charge of Quebec Ontario and Northeast U S okay. so he had to uh, he had to pick up and leave and that was that that was interesting. <laughs> Because yeah. he was gone for a few days. You never know how long you're going to be gone for, right? You just pack a bag and you go. Like that Like that call came in, what, a day before? Not even? No. Hours? That, that call came in, the derailment happened. And obviously with there, it's like time is money. So everything is immediate. Immediately, he got the call and he had to rush home, pack a bag, and leave. So there was no No, no if, you, if you did, what, you know, if you were... I, I just need to ask if if you were visiting family and you were gone and he was watching the kids and that call came in, what happens? So in those situations, depending on how grave of a situation it is, he does have general shop foremans and he has supervisors and that kind of stuff. And his management style is he gives a lot of opportunities to his employees. So he might try to send a general shop foreman okay. in his place, but eventually he would have to be there because there are still things that he has to sign off on and things like that. But if I was away and he was the one that was here with the children, we also have, you know, family members that we can call on if anything, my mom, his dad, his sister. Sure. So we would, most likely he would have to call on somebody while I rush over sure, here. Sure. But what about like the general shop manager or whatever's under him mm -hmm. who has a kid who yeah. doesn't have family support or something and barely can. Cause I, I know a lot of people who don't have all the support you do who have kids. Mm -hmm. And so like a situation like that where somebody under him and he's saying, Hey, you got to go right now and he's like i got my kid i mean is yeah it, i mean obviously it's company dependent some companies are way harsher than others but is it a, i mean i'm just trying to get a feel for canada is, is there any kind of forgiveness or like okay figure it out quick i feel like it's yes it's company dependent but i also feel like it's manager dependent because there are some people that they don't care right like that's that's your position. You know when you accept a position that you can be called upon. So it's up to you to put the resources in place to be able to fulfill your job. Sure. However, with him, he's just so flexible and understanding that I can see him figuring out a different situation. Like there's been a lot of times where he would go into work because he only had the one general shop foreman and he only had new supervisors. So he would be there actually doing physical work, which is a good thing why he started, like he started as an apprentice, went to mechanic, went to supervisor. So he went through all of it, but he's one of the ones that he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. Right. And that means that if his guys need him, he'll be there. Yeah. 
Now, the the good thing about that and why it works so well for us is that I'm understanding of that. You're not going to have, like, we've heard and we've seen situations where the spouse at home, they're not understanding of that. They don't, they don't get it. So then that causes friction, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, it's normal. I, I can't expect you to stay home or stay wherever we are. And then that other person, what, they can't leave their children by themselves. Like, what are they going to do? Or your employees are working overtime and tired and pushing themselves to the legal limit. But your home, like that, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So I understand that there's some times where he has to go in. He's worked nights sometimes because there was nobody. Somebody called in sick. Somebody, you know, like it's it's you need that flexibility. And this is exactly yeah, I guess why what I was really looking at was like because you brought up an interesting situation, like a derailment in, in yeah. Maine. That's an instant situation that needs to be dealt with. All hands yes. on deck. And so. I was wondering more if like the company is very forgiving in the fact of like, if there's some scenarios, do they fire you for that? Or is that kind of a, Hey, pull it together or. It's, I, I it's feel like, like it depends like, on who hey, your manager is. My affairs in order. Well, you knew you, this was how the work goes. What do you mean? And I just need, this is a random time for you to suggest this. Like I'm, I'm just yes. trying to get a feel for Canada work. Yeah, so this is where it's really dependent on who your manager is okay. because the position that he's in right now, his guys, let's say below him, they're they're kind of padded because he'll step in. But when he was in that position of general shop foreman, he couldn't be like, oh no, sorry, I like I I can't because because and that's why the old guy was replaced. <laughs> He was actually promoted and yeah, but you know, that's different story. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really dependent on your manager because your manager is going to be the one to kind of set the tone, you know? And the fact that you can have a manager that's going to be completely strict and tell you, no, this is what you signed up for. But then you'll have the other one that will be understanding and can step in when they want to. Okay. Well, Um, but you yeah, need that just... home base to have used. Like, th- this is one thing. I actually received a care package from one of the VPs in the company. And I was like, first of all, how does he know my name? Like, what? And he sent me a care package. And his note on the care package was, thank you for being, thank you for allowing the space for Tim to be the type of uh, manager that he is. Because he really understood you, you need that solid base at home. If you don't have that, you're bringing that on to your workplace and that yeah. can't happen. Yeah. The company I worked for when I was doing the bar, well, I grew up in Michigan and I learned bartending and all that in Michigan. I was working in them already there before I ever came out here and I've been out here for a long time now. But um, when I came out here, I started working as a bartender and then a bar came up for sale And I got the restaurant group back in Michigan to do what they did with a lot of the bars there, which was they'd buy a bar and they'd give the general manager a salary to get it up and running for two years and get it profitable. And then during that two years, you were also were uh, sweat equity earning 10% of the bar. Mm -hmm. So part of your salary was going to that, but you also had to be successful. Yeah. 
you had to, if at the end of two years you had it and that's good. And then they would keep everything afloat. But um, yeah, they actually got to a point where same type of thing, but not so and not in a nice way, no gift basket. It was more of a, when you agreed to be a general manager, there was actually a clause in there and it actually held up legally that was the main clause that said that if you go, if you're married or if you get married and you go through a divorce, your 10% cannot be claimed by your spouse. You would have to, you'll have to figure out the monetary value and pay them. Cause a lot of times the spouse would come after half. Really? Well, they had, so, I mean, it's the bar industry. People come yeah. and go, people break up. all. So they had people coming after the GM shares all the time in a, in a divorce because the attorneys wanted it. That's crazy. And they were like, nope, that's clause one. It's like they, wow. they, they went through it a few times and then they're like, start putting that in the contract. Exactly. Let's so, start, let's start protecting, <laughs> protecting uh, ourselves here. But so, yeah, I, I, before we jump into gig work stuff, I, I also wanted to know, like, didn't your fitness thing just blow up during the pandemic? So that was a great time. <laughs> well, because everybody just, was stuck think home. You just got, like, did amazing. Everybody was at home. Everyone, they were like, oh my God. Well, you know, at the beginning it's, oh, we can't go to the gym. We're stuck home. Okay, let's just eat and all that kind of stuff. But then after sure. a while, people started to realize, wait a second, I'm getting tired. I'm getting lazy. I'm getting big. You know, the COVID-15 was a real thing for a lot of people. And uh, that's when a lot of people started trickling in, right? But it's a different... You know, it's sad to say, but when it comes to health and wellness, it's mostly mindset. You can work out. You cannot work a bad diet. Everybody says that. You really cannot outwork a bad diet. So you can do all the workouts. You can do, you know, whatever diet that you see out there, but it's not going to last if you don't fix what's inside of your mind. What got you to that place in the first place? And with so many things going on with COVID, yes, you had that spike of people coming on, but then you also had that spike of people not continuing because it's hard work. It's yeah. not easy to stay healthy, <laughs> which is surprisingly enough, but it's not easy to stay healthy. And mm -hmm. with so many things at your fingertips, it's just so easy to be unhealthy. It's easy to be in this routine of, you know, you wake up, you order something and it's at your door. You didn't even have to walk or drive to get it. Like you don't have to cook. You don't really know what the ingredients are, you know? So it's, yeah, it, it was great, but then it was very tough because you had to deal with the mindset that the people were lacking and trying to help people realize that they can do a lot more than they think they can is very, very hard. So I I'm actually like, it was hard for right, me. I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to say that you only took super athletes and stuff. No. Like prior to maybe like you were getting people who already, even if they wanted to learn a lot, came in at that a different level of, okay, I'm ready to work out. Good diet, all that. During the yeah. pandemic, you were just getting everybody. Who's yeah, just like, it was everybody. I'm, I'm feeling lazy. Hook yeah. me up. <laughs> it was everybody. And then you had a different challenge too. Cause I, I primarily work with moms. But then you have their children at home at the same time. So then that's like a whole different thing because, oh, no, I have no time. Well, no, you know, they're there. I work out. My children are here. They see me. They work out. It's you just have to create that environment where 
they understand this is mommy's time. This is, you know, you either do it with her, but you're not bothering her or you go and do something else while she's taking that half an hour, 45 minutes to an hour for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, so that's uh, so that's still something you do. That's a big part of your life, right? So that is something that I still do. That one is actually affiliated with another company. So I've kind of like, mm, I still have my clients. I still manage and like support those clients, but I'm not actively looking to grow that side of the business. I actually started my own um, wellness company and I'm at the tail end of it coming out. So I'm super excited to be able to share that with other moms out there. And it's really going to be like a mom and child experience. I'm blending the two. So it's going to be really fun. I'm going to try to have local things, but it's primarily going to be online. So yeah, I'm I'm still going to have like both of those while still homeschooling and doing gig work and, you know, living life and all that. (laughs) I mean, I think, I think like most of us, you know, we're just, like me, these I juggle in gig work while I'm, I'm, I've been starting to do some more production a little bit and other things that I haven't even done since the pandemic, um, where I used to do just that pretty much and ride share when I was in between things. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I'm all about our, some of these backgrounds I hear like yours and stuff where people are like, you know, as many income streams as you can. I'm all yeah. about that. Like get have a have hundred different income streams. That way if one's pulled, Still got 99. Exactly. Exactly. And, live, and I believe you can live a happier life. You really you're can not be so stressed out on that one yes. income. Yes. And you build that life by design. Like it's it's you get to dictate, you know, where you put in your time, where you put in your effort, and then you get to prioritize the other things that happen in your life. Yes, obviously, at the beginning, it's not easy. Like this juggling everything is not easy. (laughs) You have to put in the work. Especially when you have kids, guys. Exactly. Because then it's so volatile, right? Like you can have the amount of times I have my day planned and then boom, something happens and you're like, well, there goes my plan. Like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know. Um, But so... So pre-pandemic, I think we went through all of your the background stuff that I was looking at. So gig work in Canada. Um, I know that, okay, one of the first things that stands out with me, and I remember this from the last time we spoke, was that you're primarily Uber Eats, but you have DoorDash. Yes. I'm not, I don't know if you're, how familiar you are with Para. I know that it's, we're not up there in Canada. No. For you guys, but, um, but we are doing lots of things, maybe one day, but. When we had the tip transparency and all this, I, you know, the boom and the fact that, yes, there aren't 13 million active DoorDashers. He was misquoted, but Tony Shu, the CEO of DoorDash, said that there have been 16 million DoorDashers in the United States wow. active at some point. Um, a lot of probably, which was during the pandemic. Now, it is more oversaturated than any other gig app, but just to put it in perspective, 16 million, even if they're part-time, that is 8% of our workforce, independent contractor or salary. That's crazy. So to me here, like DoorDash kind of, I did Uber forever as rideshare up to the pandemic. Um, I'm not big on the delivery stuff. And the reason I mentioned Para was because 
until we had the tip transparency, I was offended as a traditional gig worker at the minimal transparency that this was showing. Now, I'd had issues with rideshare before, but at that time it was based on a per mile, per minute rate. So you kind of knew what you were getting. You had to do a little math and then there'd be surges and multipliers. And so all of that, it, it made it complicated for people, but at least it made sense. With DoorDash, I never got, I was like literally in, infuriated with the fact of like, hey, this orders three bucks, but there might be a tip behind it. And then it was like, some of those tips would be $1, some might be 90. And the fact that they were doing this was, I was like, I was really torn because coming from the restaurant and bar industry, I understand I'm having, I have a hard time saying, okay, yeah, let's tip up front. Because I don't know what you're going to do for me. Yeah. Like, even if I go back to the days of pizza delivery and stuff, they would come to the door and you tip them on the service. Yes. You know, did it come hot? I mean, even though, you know, maybe they had too many deliveries assigned to them by the place and they're getting to you last and it's not as hot. That would affect your tip, though, mm -hmm. because somebody that's hungry, that's waiting on their food then thinks, well, then let's use Domino's. Domino's shouldn't have assigned you six deliveries. They should have given you three and given three to another person. This shouldn't come to me 20 minutes late and cold. Exactly. In fact, here in the United States in the 90s, we had a, um, if you don't get your pizza in under 20 minutes or 25 minutes, it was free. Yeah, we had that here. It was half an hour. So, okay. So the... The reason we, I don't know about you, that we had to get rid of that was because they they actually did a bunch of statistical work and, and found out that these drivers were getting in so many accidents. Oh, they no. They weren't happening before because they were like doing 90 miles an hour to get to the next delivery. Oh, my goodness. Because in I never worked for Domino's. I don't know. But in some way or another, they were penalized. Oh, Makes sense. I know that you can't penalize them with a dollar amount, but somehow or another, they were penalized for those late ones, yeah. which could have been a hundred factors. Yeah, exactly. But then they took it away and literally states starting do, started doing these legislations about they can't. And all of a sudden it, the program was just removed. Wow. And so, I was wondering why it was gone. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I get, I, I'm trying, I, I've wrapped my head around it and I work in the gig economy full time. So, I'm app-based, but I'm also classical sense. So to me, it's really strange still, but I do get it now. Yes, you have to tip up front, but I never understood DoorDash's, hey, you know, you, you, you can't see everything. Literally, what we found out at Para was you're spending more time, not only a little, a lot more time. Our programmers were like, dude, they're spending a lot of time black boxing this thing. They do not want, I mean, because it uh, basically it was it was very easy to make it transparent. It was a lot of extra programming and very difficult to keep that transparent. Of course. Of course. I studied and, information technology, so I understand like databases. That's why when you said programming, I was like, oh, that's my world. Yeah. So that's a lot of work to hide it. And to constantly be on the change. Like when we would yes. get that API and connect to it, and then we were showing you the tip what the tip was before mm -hmm. you'd accept you know so you'd get a little drop down from para while you're on the doordash screen and it would say here's the total amount here's the address you're going to 
plot all the stats. And then you could make your decision better. Um, they kept moving things so that that API wasn't there. Ridiculous. But, you know, the problem is, is that I always saw it differently. I thought, why do you need 10 times as many drivers on a Friday night to that oversaturation level as opposed to just being transparent? And I mean, people have challenged it if they were just transparent. People would only cherry pick. I've always said, I don't think so. I think they'd all get delivered. And I think less people would have to be on the platform at once. But I also, you know, I, I don't like their different tiers. I know one thing we fight for at driverrights.org, which is a, um, a website that everybody should sign up for. It has 75,000 signatures so far. It's just the basic rights that an independent contractor should have in the economy. Um, but, you know, one of the things we say is complete transparency. They need to be completely transparent up front. Where you're going, where you're picking up, what you're picking up, you know, how how much you're being paid. And if there's a tip in there, they need to show it. Then they have these, you know, then they had top dasher. Now they have like diamond top dasher and these different <laughs> tiers. And literally being a traditional gig worker going back way before the apps to 97 with lasers in production, there is no such thing, nor has there ever been in the definition of IC, an AR rate. It's insane. Like that shouldn't be a factor. And the fact that you have to get it over 50 or 80 to get these different tiers of orders. You're not an independent contractor anymore at that point. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not only that, it's like, Again, I would say like, instead of that, and I, I don't even know, you know, they're breaking laws all the times with these things are that it's because it's undefined actually, but um, why not just have it be a system where, okay, look, if you do more than, um, I mean, even if I'm not, I don't think this is the best solution, but why can't it be if you do a hundred plus deliveries a month, you get complete transparency. Yeah, because that would incentivize drivers more than these little nothing incentives that, you know, I mean, like give them an incentive to really push themselves where I like being above that level because that's it's not still the same DoorDash method of feeding you things that you don't know what the transparency level is. It would mm -hmm. be like, here's where you get full transparency. Yeah. And then maybe that maybe I, again, I don't believe in this. I think it should just be across the board, but maybe then there's a story for them to tell about why they have the under a hundred orders. Yeah. They're like I, know, we want somebody to prove themselves and, you know, we want to make sure the full timers are taken care of or that that's the thing or that newbies that come on, you know, aren't being fed those until they hit a, a level. And if they don't like the way the system works, then they won't ever make it to the level. Yeah. It's, I feel like there's a lot of things with DoorDash. Either they should have something like that, but I also feel like there should be, because that could be another type of program, right? But there yeah. should be something for full-timers versus part-timers. Because let's say if you say, you know, 100 DoorDash orders, I will never get 100 DoorDash orders in a month. It will never happen. Like there's no way on my part-time schedule that I can get 100 DoorDash orders a month. Um Okay. So then that wouldn't even so that number could be yeah, let's say 50 or whatever. Be, but even if it's 25. something different, yeah, exactly. But even if it's something different, full-time versus part-time, that's like another, right. you know, another kind of incentive for the part-timers, right? 
so that mm-hmm. they can be like, oh, this is something that I can achieve. Because yeah. I know, like I was watching uh, Long Island Dash Experience, love their channel. Oh, and I, I, they are regular. They are regulars on this channel, Lou and Mary. Yes. And then, yeah, and then I, I've hosted a couple of things for you. You've hosted, before. yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> I've seen I, you on I, there I, multiple I times. Guys. I love those guys. Yeah. And uh, Lou was just saying in like one of his latest videos that, you know, they could never get to Top Dasher because they're not going to be able to get the amount of orders that they need. And this is why I really think there should be something for part-timers versus full-timers to make it enticing for part-timers to also do the work, right? Um, But that whole transparency thing, I remember when I started with DoorDash, I was like, what is, how come I'm getting paid more after? Like, I don't understand because I wasn't on YouTube at the beginning. When I first started with DoorDash, I didn't even know that there was a YouTube community, like nothing. So yeah. the first day I remember I, would, I was I mean, most of us on in this community yeah. don't even think part most part-timers ever come to YouTube. Exactly. So the fact they're, that they're doing one or two nights a week and they're like, dude, I'm not gonna go learn about this. I have another job. Exactly. You know, you're yes. just thinking like, oh, okay, it's a way to make money, like whatever, you know. But after that first day, I came back and I was like, there has to be a better way. Like, this is insane. I just drove like all over the place, barely made any money. Like, this is, what is this like hidden stuff? No one's tipping. Like, what is going on? And that's how I ended up finding that there's like a whole DoorDash community on YouTube. So I feel like the whole transparency thing, they just need to put it out there. Just stop making people guess what they're going to be paid. And then you'll have the you'll still have people that are taking these like two three dollar orders because look at it on Instacart, look at it on on all these other apps. People are still taking these low ball offers, yeah. but yeah, then you'll have the ones that are taking you know the big orders because that's what they want to do. So yes, you'll have the outliers, but I think the majority of people, if you're honest with them, they'll be like, okay, well, this is what I'm being paid. Is it good or is it not? Instead of guessing, yeah. You know, like, well, and then we have, and then we have weird solutions in this country. Um, in fact, we on the para uh, podcast that we do every week, we had Sergio last week and we discussed specifically Prop 22 in California, Washington State's legislation, the new Massachusetts one. And, um, you know, those kind of push for a more, um, you will minimally earn this per active hour. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that either because I'm, I think a floor meets ceiling thing happens there because let's be honest, the company ain't paying for the people who aren't hustling and earning. They're nope. just taking it from the top earners. Exactly. And I mean, it's, you you know, the people who challenge me on that are like, no, they, there's no line item showing it's being, I'm like, dude, it's being done behind the, yes. behind the wall. You don't know yeah. what's going on behind that DoorDash wall. Yeah. They're not putting more money into this. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. They're just moving funds to make sure. Exactly. You know, it's just like whenever a store puts things on sale, you know, they lower the price on some things, but they increase the price on other things so that in the end it kind of matches out. Like no one's losing money here. (laughs) And and even beyond that, it's not even a human doing it. I mean, let's be honest, on a weekend across just the United States, there's a couple million DoorDashers. There's just algorithms sorting funds. It is true. I mean, so it's not like, you know, I, I feel for people, don't get me wrong. But it's not like they're out to get you. No. It's just an algorithm saying, yo, take some from this person, give it over here. 
and and does it make sense probably not it's probably really screwed up and evil but <laughs> but that's how it works <laughs> exactly um, but so you do primarily uber eats and i guess the where i was really going with that was i wanted to know like is it that much better cuz i mean i can't tell you the amount of people who are like i hate doordash i hate doordash i what's your primary app doordash <laughs> what <do> you, <laughs> you know almost every one of the people that i talk to are i absolutely hate doordash it drives me what's your primary i'm all tie up which primary doordash <laughs> well there's your problem number one just got addressed you know exactly <laughs> so it, it's funny because is it just when a I Canadian started... thing is it I, I think it's a market thing, though, because when I started, um, I started with DoorDash first. That was the first app that I signed up with. Then I went to Uber Eats, which is like a whole hassle to get on. And then I went to Skip. Now, in my area where I am, this is the suburbs. Where I started was like kind of city area. Mm-hmm. And over here... We didn't have tip transparency at first with Uber Eats. So everything was coming in at $3. And I was like, what is this? This is ridiculous. What is this $3 thing? And then the price change afterwards, right? And now that we have, you know, tip transparency, but they still hide, you know, the tips and everything like that. I find that the customers here tip a lot better on Uber Eats. Now, there's so many reasons behind that. But personally, I feel like Uber Eats does a better job with the tips than DoorDash does. Because I personally order on all of these apps. Like Skip, I've maybe ordered like once or twice. But Uber Eats and DoorDash, especially Uber Eats, since there's always like discounts and stuff, it's great. But when you order on Uber Eats, that suggested tip that they give you is at a higher percentage than with DoorDash. Okay. So obviously, customers are going to tip more on Uber Eats, right? Yeah, I never, I use Uber Eats very rarely. I never use DoorDash just because of personal hatred to, towards the company. But, <laughs> um, but I do have an active, my account is still active. It was mainly used for paratesting, but literally yeah. we go back to, it just really offended me. But yeah, okay. So the, yeah. I'm not familiar with the current DoorDash flow from the customer side. Yeah, so it's, yeah, okay, they, I heard, because I haven't ordered on DoorDash in a while, because Uber Eats discounts have just been so great, yeah. but um, I heard that they changed their word in for, you know, please uh, put a tip because it goes to the driver or blah, blah, blah. Uber Eats has been doing that for a while, but it's that initial percentage yeah. suggestion that they I've, give I've to the client. I've seen that too, and I always think higher this, on Uber Eats. Being, a, being somebody from service industry, I'm like, those are good suggestions. This actually isn't yeah. bad. Exactly. It's not bad. And I feel like a lot of people leave it at that. And with Uber, they order a lot. Whereas DoorDash, I feel like it's like a lot of small orders. Yeah, I might get like, you know, bigger orders, but it's a lot of smaller ones. Like you don't one, have the, uh, one meal. order program up there? Um, I'm not on it i haven't heard of anybody being on a large order program over here i did get a catering order once and i was like what is this like i have a catering bag and when i looked into like youtube and all that kind of stuff everyone was like oh get a catering bag i was like okay cool i got one i got a pizza bag okay cool so i put that in and i wasn't getting anything different so i'm like well this is a waste of time and plus the catering bag with doordash is the flimsiest bag i've ever seen in my life 
So when so I got it, this, it represents the company. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was, it's horrible. <laughs> I hate using it. I actually, if I have to go really far and it's a DoorDash order, but it's a big one, I rather use my Skip the Dishes bag because that bag is amazing. Like it's, it's the best bag ever. I rather use that than to use the DoorDash one because then the customer's food's going to be cold anyways in the DoorDash bag. Whatever. I'm marketing Skip. I don't care. They're going to get a good order, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, with DoorDash, it's a lot of smaller orders. Whereas with Uber Eats, I feel like it's a lot of like family meals. So then already the order amount is larger. So then your tip is larger. So I think that's why I like Uber Eats the most. And it's a lot busier. So with Uber, once you turn, like I, when I leave my house, yeah. I actually turn on my apps before I leave my house because I live directly in my area. So I start from in my house. Okay. I turn on all of my apps. I don't discriminate. Yeah. I just turn it all on. And I will get a lot of pings with Uber. You know when they send you the horrible orders once you just get on the app? So you kind of flush through that. And then you start getting some good orders that warrant you actually leave in your house, right? Well, with DoorDash, I'll get a lot of those bad orders. And then I wouldn't get anything. Okay. So it's like... What happened? Do you just have bad orders in the system? And then I'll, you know, Uber will keep me rolling. And then I might get like a ding with DoorDash. And I'm like, oh, is this good? Is it not? The DoorDash territory is so big. Yeah. But you also have that hidden tip. So this is the other problem, right? With the hidden tips. Let's say I get an order that's going, I don't know, like 10 kilometers away. It's still going to show at, let's say, like $9. That's not even a dollar per kilometer, right? So I'm definitely not going to take that. But that order can have like a $10 tip on it. Right. If you showed me the real price, then I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But now that you're capping it, all these FAR customers, they don't see me because I don't know what I'm going to get in the end, right? You're, you're not going to gamble. Yeah. So it's like, ugh, there's that. I think that's why Uber is just better in my market. Number one, their hidden tip indicator is a lot higher. So there's a lot more room to actually see the real value of the order. Um, you have those bigger orders. The tip is usually better. You have a lot of those no tips. Obviously you just decline and you keep going. Like it doesn't matter. Do you, have you ever been tip baited? I've been tip baited one time. Okay. That's not much. One time. Yeah. I'm I'm one of the lucky ones, knock on wood, that it does not happen a lot. Did they remove the whole thing? Uh, they removed everything but a dollar. <laughs> was And they had to get like $20 tip or something? No, it wasn't a big tip, actually. It wasn't even, <laughs> and that's a crazy thing. It wasn't even something like, oh, they tipped like 20 bucks and they left me a dollar. No, it was like a $6 or something and they left a dollar. I was like, really? <laughs> wow. Uh, and this was before I saw the video from Zach where they're like, you know, contact uh, <laughs> Uber support and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, whatever. I got a dollar. <laughs> um, so, God, I had so many things here to get to. We're running out of time. So this is this is how, I guess this is the question I'll ask last, even though you might have already answered. So you might not know the answer to this, but I am very curious because most people, I really don't know anybody who in any market here in the country prefers Uber Eats unless unless they've been in trouble with DoorDash or deactivated <laughs> and then got back on and they're not getting what they used to. But I know things are changing right now, but if you were to 
like what is what is the best shift you work in a week like is it a friday is it a um so it's it's so different right i was because... just saying I know your schedule varies but like what's the best yeah. point when you do work it so if it's a weekday it would definitely be a friday or, if it's I mean, the... is a saturday even better so a Saturday, and this is the thing, when you multi-app, it's just so different too, right? Because you have all right. of them on, right? Um, Saturday is better than Sunday. Saturday in, like, I would say mornings. Okay, so here's the thing. I realize that in the evening time, Uber Eats is going to outshine all of my th- like three apps because Instacart I see some people do Instacarts at night and I'm like how do you guys get these orders like but it's not in my market right so Instacart doesn't even happen at night so a lot of times I don't even turn it on um my Instacart goes all night I mean they're all yeah no orders but mine's nothing like crickets so um Uber Eats always outshines everybody unless Skip the Dishes is having like I guess either promos or something or I'm the only driver out there and there are some nights where I don't even touch Uber and DoorDash. They're on, but I never get to them because Skip is just keeping me busy. I've never had a night where DoorDash just keeps me busy. Mind so, you. Okay, let me let me rephrase it to this. If let's say it's Friday yeah. night from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., you're working. Mm-hmm. And that'd be Uber. And you do three Fridays in a row. And each Friday, you do just a single app. Uber. Uber Eats. The next week, Skip the Dishes. The next week, DoorDash. I'd make more money with Uber. But is it... I mean, I know that that's a hard question because you just even said we multi-app. Yes. So, But, but I see the orders. Guess, yes. How much better would Uber Eats be? So, yeah, I'm multi-app, but I see the orders coming in, right? So, right. so since I, my I'm area... Right, if, if you wouldn't, though, if you were just... No, but if app. I wouldn't, I know. But the reason why I'm saying that I could say Uber Eats so confidently is because I still see the other orders. Like, right. the only one that I really pause would be Skip the Dishes. Because in my area, I do get a bonus, like a top-up with Skip, of $4 for every single order. So if I'm on another order, I I usually really like to commit to whatever order I said I'll do. So I will pause, skip the dishes. So I might not see those orders, but DoorDash, I still see the orders coming in and they're not, they're just not at the level of the Uber Eats orders. So this is why I can confidently say Uber Eats hands down will beat or outshine DoorDash any day, any day. It's busier it they pay better which is weird because my base pay with doordash is higher than my base pay with uber because my base pay with doordash is four dollars i know all the gig apps do it everybody but again behind that wall that doordash has goes some of the are is some of the most shady business i've ever seen heard of (laughs) discussed I mean, I would say if 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 I were to really break down what I know from people who have worked with these companies in a, not as drivers but employment positions, people I've interviewed, things I know, how things work from the para team. If I were to talk to somebody who had no idea, they would be like, "Dude, you're on some conspiracy theory about the gig economy." Wow, really? That deep? Yeah, and they'd be like, "There's no way all this is going." I'd be like, "It is corporate greed at its most." Oh my goodness. 
you know, they're, I mean, we really have no way and there's no way to audit them. We're no. independent contractors, but it's like, you know, you can write a proposal or you can, or like in lasers, somebody can send me a full proposal. I know. And it's never like, Hey, we'll pay you $500 to go do this laser gig, but it might be an extra 2000 more. I don't know. We'll see. That's the prize. There's never, there's never a detail missing. It's the whole amount, <laughs> what hotel, what flight, everything's on there. Surprise. Right. <laughs> and you can't I mean, get there more than 10 minutes late. <laughs> right. But I mean, I guess Uber, Uber is global. DoorDash is owned by, you know, I mean, DoorDash is, DoorDash is in some countries and it works with others in other countries. Um, but they're not global yet. And I think that in most markets, Uber Eats probably does outshine them. Yeah. You know, like there's, um, what is it? Uh, Believery. And there's another one over in the UK too um, that they use to, um, uh, it's got the bunny ears too. I'm thinking delivered, but that's not it. Um, but anyways, there's, there's all these, you know, there's deliver that and all these other ones. So I guess, you know, in the U.S., for whatever reason, most of the food being ordered is going through DoorDash. We wow. know this, like a lot, like nine, 70, 80% of the food orders going through platforms are going through DoorDash. Hmm. And it causes like the saturation. That, uh... so it's nice to hear about that in your country, DoorDash is there, but they're not, they're not king. Yeah, I'd like to see what the actual market share is for DoorDash versus Uber Eats versus Small Skip in yeah. Canada. Because I'm telling you, in my market, Uber, I I can turn on my phone right now and Uber would be the first order that I would get. I'm not saying it'd be good, but it would be the first one that I would get. Right. Yeah. And I also wonder, though, too, it sounds like you put all of your time and you, you really put your time and effort into Uber Eats. Well, so I turn them all on. Also, are they like, are they loving you and DoorDash hates you? No, <laughs> because my acceptance rates on Uber is at four. <laughs> right. But the lower the acceptance, the better you're doing. So, <laughs> so my acceptance it. rate on, on DoorDash, actually, I got it up to like 25% a few weeks ago. I was like, what happened there? But now it's back to like nine or six or something. But yeah, yeah Uber mean, Eats I, is 4%. Yeah. Well, I don't think, see, again, I don't, first, I don't even know why they list them. Second of all, I honestly don't think other than the scare tactic, Uber doesn't even look at that acceptance. Yeah, they, they don't, don't care. care. They, they don't, don't care. care what DoorDash, I think, does use it. They're not supposed to, but I think yeah. they use it against you in a big way. Yeah. And I think that's maybe also why I might not be seeing, you know, those really big orders because my acceptance rate is always in the red. <laughs> always. Okay. But Uber um, doesn't care, right? So they'll just keep sending. They're like, whatever, you didn't accept it. We'll send it to somebody else or we'll just send it back to you again, right? <laughs> Whereas DoorDash is like, oh, you don't accept things? Well... We won't see you for a bit. Okay, so I have I have so much other stuff here. We'll have to come back and do another episode. But I, I do have to end with one uh, personal question that um, let's see if you if you've got an answer. Um, I have three here. Let me see. I got, I'll <laughs> choose the one. best one. <laughs> um, favorite music genre, favorite artist. 
Okay, so when it comes to genre, I'm from the Caribbean, so I love my soca music. Love, love, love. So everybody that knows me knows that soca music will be playing in my car. That is what you will hear me listen to. As for artists, I don't have a favorite artist, which is kind of weird. When I was growing up, you know, I went through the whole Jenny Wine phase with (laughs) R&B. And then um, I I was listening to a lot of R&B. Favorite concert you've ever seen them? Uh, the Kendrick Lamar concert was really good. Okay. I brought my boyfriend to the Kendrick Lamar concert and that was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was a good one. All right. Yeah. I just, I just like getting to know because everybody's is different. I I don't, I just don't like, I just don't like it when people don't answer. (laughs) The other one I I had queued up for you was a favorite movie genre and favorite movie. Okay, so Saw, like, you know, like the scary movies, like Saw, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, love. I love all more, of the Saw movies. thriller, horror. Yeah, so more like a thriller type thing. I love those. I really like, like, detective type movies, too. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. really weird. When you look at, like, my Netflix page, <laughs> my boyfriend's like, are you a drug cartel or <laughs> are you, like, a killer? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> because like all those narcos, I love those. Yeah. I don't I don't watch those like girly whatever. No, I want to know like, you know, how do you like break in bad? Like how do you break up a body in like a bin and all that kind of stuff? Like, I like that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I do but too. Yet, what what about a favorite, life, like, favorite movie of all time? What is it? No, what is yours? Oh, mine's? Um, it's going to be one of the, so- oh no, Taken. Okay. So I don't rewatch movies like ever. It's actually something in my house. They're like, really? We can't watch this because we watched it before. I'm like, yes, I even, don't. Even kids movies. So there's my exception. <laughs> Moana. When my kid was small. I saw cars about a hundred times. So. Okay. So when I'm forced to like, okay, they want to watch it. That's fine. They can watch it. Me personally sitting down and actually concentrating on it, I don't like that. But Moana, mm-hmm. I put on Moana <laughs> multiple times. Like I could sing all the songs. It's okay. yeah, Moana's my favorite all time. Like okay, we'll exclude the kids. You don't, you but don't without like children, movies. I would say Taken. I love the all the Taken series, like the two. And then Saw. I would say maybe like Saw 2 was my favorite, but yeah. Saw and Taken. Did you, you ever see, watch like, the 28 kind of Days and the 28 Days? I did. Movie? I don't remember them, though. Oh, really? Well, now I really you can go don't. back and watch movies. Yeah, I don't know. Because I watched movie, it already. Especially the second one was really good. If that's the kind of movies you like, yeah. Yeah, so I watched it because my boyfriend likes that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I watched it already. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Thank you for joining me. See, this is kind of just more of a of a get to know people. Um, and so, guys, if you if you're listening to this and you're wondering where you can find Cheyenne, um, her link to her YouTube channel is in the show notes. And then, if she provides me any other links that she wants to share, I will put those in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you so much for anything, but it'll be up to her. But I will put her YouTube channel in here, and I. I know that a lot of audio podcast listeners do not even go to YouTube anymore. However, I know some of you do go over there sometimes. So give some support, check out her videos, like them, subscribe if you like the channel. And uh, 
Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Steve. It's been awesome. I love this combo. Thank you.